Welcome to Wild Women, hosted by Camille and Sarah. This is a podcast about mind, body, and pleasure, an honest talk on all things self-care. We discuss issues related to dating, fitness, beauty, mental health. We also discuss stuff about social issues, and we often have interviewees that come up and tell us a little bit about their businesses or their inspirations or motivations or just their journey through some type of recovery. For those of you who haven't listened to us before, this is our second season. Let's dive in. So welcome to Wild Women. Today we have a special guest. Camille, do you want to introduce her and let us know how you know each other? Yeah, so I met Katie two years ago, I think, in Bali. We had a self-love retreat and oh, I was so excited to have you on here today because I remember you're such a light and I just love hearing you talking. You're so inspiring. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit more about you today? Yeah, for sure. Um, I can't believe it was only two years ago. I think, yeah, just two and a half years ago, we were on this retreat and everything has just transformed and shifted for Mm -hmm. me, probably for you too, but it's crazy. So now I am an empowerment coach. I help men and women to break free from fears of what people think heal their deep-rooted self-worth wounds and build unshakable self-belief so that they can stop settling in life and start creating a life that sets their soul on fire. So I do that now because of my own journey, which all begun, I suppose, on that retreat or just before that retreat. Amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and like what brought you to coaching or what inspired you to become a coach? For sure. So I think For me, I had maybe like two big spiritual awakenings um, caused by pain in my life. Um, And it just, yeah, it just woke me up to to healing myself. So my intention was never to help others at that time. I was just simply trying to survive. Um, I lost my dad when I was early 20s. Um, He was very sick for like a long time. He got given two months to live but he ended up living two years but it was just a very stressful time and during that time I couldn't cope and I turned to unhealthy coping mechanisms so developed an eating disorder um felt out of control around food felt out of control around alcohol and was just in a deep rooted shame that I didn't realize so that was kind of waking up from that stuff and realizing that what I was doing was a coping mechanism was where I sort of started my healing work And then I got really into this inner work. I tried a lot of therapy, but I just loved the more spiritual and holistic approach to healing. So I kind of went down that path a little bit, but just for myself again. And then a few years later, when I'd sort of healed from that stuff, I had a really bad breakup. So I was engaged and my life was heading a certain way. And then obviously it got turned upside down. I I left the relationship and spiritual awakening too happened. And I realized there was a lot more healing to do. And I went a lot deeper. Um, and that's when I met Camille, when I was, when I had come out of that relationship and I, I was all about the place, to be honest with you, I booked that retreat for, to, yeah, just focus on me and just change my life. And I think it was just after that, that I realized how different life could be and how quickly you could make transformations and you didn't have to stay stuck and I just had this desire to help others I was like I have to share this wisdom 
with yeah other men and women who are stuck suffering and powerless over life because there's another way so yeah that's uh that's what inspired me my pain really <laughs> the idea of getting stuck I feel like that's something that so many people feel like they're in you know they're just going through the motions every day and they don't they don't understand like their ability to grow you know in like your terms how would you de like define that feeling of being stuck um, and why do you think people get there I think like to me being stuck I would have used that word as well stuck to me would be stuck in my environment um stuck in situations stuck in relationships but actually stuck is a mindset it kind of like to me it was trapped so stuck to me felt like trapped um and it would be like blame so it'd be like I'm trapped because I believed for my three years or two years while I was struggling with an eating disorder, I was like, I'm stuck, I'm trapped because I'm at university and I can't leave, I can't move, I can't do anything else, I'm stuck here and having a really bad time in life. When actually, are you ever really stuck anywhere? Like the only, like you're never really trapped. You know, you, can, you always have the power to leave a relationship, to leave university halfway through if you don't like it, to do anything, but you convince yourself like, I'm stuck, I'm trapped, there's nothing I can do. And I think when you can take responsibility and realize it just comes down to courage, then it's a way to like get out. And it's like focusing on what you really want. So if you're stuck somewhere, where do you wanna be? I think a lot of people know they're stuck and they don't want to be here, but they don't know exactly where they want to be. So I think a big part of it is working out what you want, like where you are and, and what's keeping you stuck yourself. Like you can blame everything else, but it's always yourself. And then where do you actually want to be? And then you can start working out like the steps to get there. But yeah, I would, I would just use the word stuck to be honest or trapped. It was for me, I felt. I know like before you did coaching, you were in another completely different industry. Uh, what made you change to coaching? Like, did you fell stuck in that industry? In that I job? Loved, no. So like mm -hmm. my past, I've had quite a few careers. Um, I was a hairdresser for like 10 years. And then I really wanted to get into events, which like in the UK is very competitive. It's very difficult. And so I went to uni like older as a mature student. So I worked really, really hard to get this events job in London, working with loads of brands, working in Ibiza. I literally got my dream job. So I really wasn't planning on being a coach. There was no plan for me to do this. And then last year during lockdown, I'd come back from traveling and I had like, my intuition was shouting at me, like I need to help people, I need to do something. And I, I didn't really want to because I loved my job in London like the only reason I came back from traveling was because my job allowed me to have like a couple months off so I didn't really it was a bit annoying that I was like having this intuitive it was literally a full body like anxiety that I could not ignore in the end and I was like I need to explore this I didn't really know what it was at that point and so I started to think like well who could I help and how could I help them? And that was last May. So I, when I realized in May that actually my sole purpose is to do, is to help others to do something else and use my pain for purpose. That was, uh, yeah, I wrote some goals down in May and I wrote empowerment coach. I wrote that I'm going to work for myself. I wrote all of this stuff with no clue as to how to make that happen. But a year later, yeah, I've done it. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Um, why do you think coaching is so important? To me, it's like I said, I'm a holistic coach. So I work very holistically with the body, like mind, body, soul, all is important to each other. For some people or some situations in your life, it's about therapy. I have had therapy, like it served its purpose. But for me, the real transformation happened, the real shifts with this holistic work. And it's something that you can do yourself. So with therapy, it's great for like talking, understanding why, understanding where your patterns come from. But with my work and like with a lot of coaching, it's like you're doing the work. And I think it's so important that people are able to feel, my whole thing is about from becoming powerless to reclaiming your power, right? But you can only reclaim your power when you know what actions to take. And this type of work is like actionable stuff. So yes, you explore what's within, you heal at the core of your struggles, your inner child, your shadow, all of that. But then it's action and coaching is all about getting you to where you want to go. So I think it's so important to have therapy if you just feel like you need to really stay in the past and make sense of it all and make those links. And then maybe once you've had therapy or, or if you don't need therapy, if you're stuck and you want to go somewhere, use a coach mm. yeah I can totally totally relate to that I was in therapy for years like all through my late teens and then I finally was like okay like I, I need something a little bit more like I'm healthy like I feel okay but like I just I need that extra push and a coach literally just it, it changed everything you know it actually made me feel confident in my recovery confident in who I am and yeah no I think coaching is so important and can serve so many purposes whether it's just you know wanting a little bit more or even you know healing from past traumas too like coaching can serve all those purposes if you're with a good coach and yeah it sounds like you're doing great too as a good coach too so that's amazing yeah Camille did you want to ask the next question yes well I'm curious did you do any specific kind of training to be a coach or yeah so at the beginning because I didn't really know what I wanted to do I actually wouldn't use the word coach like I wouldn't admit to myself I wanted to be a coach and like looking back it's because where I was living, the people surrounding me, like they weren't, they weren't familiar with this industry, mm. with this work, with this stuff, you know, that to them, it was like stupid and ridiculous. And I was quite open that I did all of this stuff, but like my affirmations and things on the wall behind me on post-it notes, I'd have them all up at work and people would just like take the piss really. And so I think I didn't want to admit to even myself that I wanted to be a coach. So had I have admitted that to myself when I had this sort of awakening that I needed to help people I would have done a coaching cert like a coaching certificate but instead I did an NLP course mm. which obviously is linked to coaching but I did that because I looked at coaching and I, I, I remember saying to myself coaching is not a real job even though I'd worked with coaches I think I dated a coach and he was really cringy and too much. And so it put me off coaching <laughs> to be honest. That is, that is kind of what it is. But I did NLP instead. But I actually ended up leaving the course um, towards the end because I realized it's so set in its ways. It's so rigid. Mm. And that's when I did a holistic life training course, which is more the stuff that I feel very passionate about is the stuff that's a bit weird to a lot of people the stuff that I've, I think I really wanted to do but in the beginning I was still worried what people would 
think. So yeah, that was, I still take a lot of mindset stuff and strategies from NLP, but I know that like, I much more love the, yeah, the deep healing work, the shadow work, all of that stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I know with my coach, she's an NLP specialist, but she also does, she's going back to school now to get her PhD in holistic medicine. Um, so it's really interesting how, even though, you know, there are some coaches and NLP is very popular in North America, even in Camille and I's life coaching course, they did a section on NLP, but yeah, I know it's crazy how NLP can just be manifested into like other avenues as well. And how people are integrating different modalities to, you know, just create their own type of coaching modality. That's kind of a mix of everything. And I think it's, it's wonderful that people are doing that. So how has your relationship with food and your body changed throughout the years? Oh my God. So I just, I find it hard to even relate to that past version of me, to be honest. Um, I think it's been about four or five years since um, my eating disorder days. I was like, bulimic I would I was secret bulimic like nobody knew and I wasn't again admitting it to myself I would binge eat I would then restrict heavily and I was just just shaming my body constantly I was constantly striving for perfection and I was so small I was so tiny you know um and it still wasn't good enough. It was never good enough. And it was like, I got a kind of like sick satisfaction from picking apart my body. It, it became a habit, very unhealthy habit, which I now know is a coping mechanism. So although I was like pulling apart my body, it kind of came from a place of, to avoid what was going on in my life, like a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I was stuck in that for, I think like four years. And I remember like thinking I would just love to think like a normal person like mm. you know with the I know Camille you've had your things with food and it's mm. like my thoughts would just consume 24 7 with what I ate that I shouldn't have eaten and then the guilt and the beating self up that came with that and then the shame for the binging and then the anxiety that came from worrying about what I was going to eat next or if someone was cooking for me mm -hmm. and then a shame around my body and like picking on my body and that was like the loop of my life for a long time and I actually had CBT to get me like out of the eating disorder but to be honest it was still there a little bit you mm -hmm. know like I wasn't fully I was a lot more healed but I wasn't fully there and I think it took another well it took this work it took this more holistic work and me to go on this more like deeper self-discovery and spiritual journey to actually heal those parts of me that of to why I was doing it so CBT was great for me to understand why I was distracting and coping and using food and to reframe my thoughts and all of that but then for me to understand like on a deeper level like doing that this work we're speaking about it all came down to like self-worth and self-acceptance and not living true to myself and that that was the reason why also my relationship with alcohol was bad as well so it was really that work on total self-acceptance and building self-worth that has enabled me to be where I am now which yeah like I would I would never talk shit to my body like I love my body I recently did a little calorie tracking challenge because I'd gained weight and I was like I wonder if I could do this in a healthy way that is um 
well, you know, from the calorie tracking days, if you've got an eating disorder, it's very triggering. So I tried it and I was like, oh, I can do this. And I can also not do this. And so, yeah, I do feel, I do feel free around food. That's so good. And I can resonate so much with like therapy helped so much for like the behavior part of it, but for like feelings of not feeling enough, like that's where like the self-love and the deep healing works like actually came from the holistic and the spiritual path as well for me um you mentioned with alcohol so what what was your relationship with alcohol I think with alcohol it was a strange one because at that time people you know you were either an alcoholic and you had a problem with drinking or you didn't and I felt like I was this like hybrid thing in between I was like well mm-hmm. I don't have a problem I'm not an alcoholic I don't drink very much I drink maybe like at the weekend and not even every weekend every few weekends but it comes back to this like feeling powerless and out of control and I just couldn't have a couple I would just go out and binge drink and when I binge drank also led to me binge eating so Mm. then the next day and the next day after that it would be shame and beating self up in this cycle so the two were kind of linked and I remember on the retreat um that Camille and I were on together speaking about alcohol like oh I wish I could change my relationship with alcohol I don't understand it and it was the exact same to healing that relationship as it was with, with food that void within that not living true to yourself but yeah I I longed to be able to just have a couple I was like, looked at people that could go on a night out and just have a couple and then go home. I would always be the last one standing who'd lost a shoe, who everyone thought was hilarious. The party girl, really. Mm -hmm. And how did that change? Like, how were you able to shift from that? It was a long process. So this is something that I really help clients with now because again, there's a lot of shame associated with having a problem with your drinking because you don't want people to think you've got a problem because you're not an alcoholic. But then people don't speak up about it and it gets worse because they don't want to tell their friends on nights out. They don't want to miss on nights out. And then then they suffer after, you know, with the effects, the hangovers last days and days and the mental effects of it. So this is yet one area that I do really coach clients in. And it's not easy. It's a journey. And I think the first step to it all is mastering the slip ups, picking yourself up and going back again and speaking to yourself kindly and not beating yourself up for the past and just learning from each slip up because you don't turn around one day and say, do you know what? I'm going to just have a couple from now on, or I'm going to go sober. There's going to be bumps. Like there's Mm going to be bumps in the road. It's my personal belief, like I don't agree with like all or nothingness. I spent a long time believing that I'm an all or nothing type of person. And when it comes to, it's very black and white thinking. And I think with alcohol, I was like, I'm not an alcoholic and I believe that I can achieve balance. And that's what I was striving for. But I did toy with going sober, like so many of those slip ups where the next day I'd be like, do I just have to go sober? Is this it forever? And it wasn't, it's just a healing journey of, again, getting to the core of why you're drinking. The drinking problem's not the drinking. It's usually an inability to say no, some people pleasing Mm. tendencies, fear of what other people would think and not being able to be your true self. So when all your friends are drinking and partying, experiencing shame and not actually being able to say like, no, I don't want that. And I'm going home and all of that stuff. So it's really a matter of confidence usually. And again, 
are you using it as a coping mechanism for something else and really healing that pain so when I do the alcohol work with clients there's a lot of setting boundaries to help however the work isn't to do with the alcohol it just you do the inner work and it heals your relationship with alcohol Mm I 100% like agree with you on that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this topic is so important, especially especially for people our age, you know, a lot of us are just finishing university, and university binge drinking is, like, it, it's almost a part of the culture, you know, like, you're, you don't drink during big exams and stuff like that, but, like, when exams aren't happening, you know, like, a lot of people use that as their, like, you know, big night out, which can turn into multiple nights out, and yeah, I definitely think it's something that a lot of people have struggled with before and a lot of people have um that can cascade throughout their whole lives if they're not careful with it and Katie you mentioned shadow work uh can you tell us a little bit about that so shadow like part of your psyche part of your mind is your shadow so your shadow is like the stuff deep in your subconscious that society has told you is not acceptable that is not okay to be shown and yet it exists within you. And when you suppress that stuff, it grows and you hold shame around it and you can create stories about it. So your shadow can be things like believing that you're an angry person, believing that you, you're a very jealous person. And when you suppress, so if you're feeling a lot of jealousy, when you suppress it and deny it and won't face off with it, it grows and grows and grows. And again, you buy into this story that you're a jealous person when actually, is it true that people are a jealous person or not? Jealousy is just an emotion. And part of being a human being is to experience every single emotion. So if people would allow themselves to see this jealousy, explore this jealousy, lose the shame around it and accept themselves, despite the jealousy, they'll they'll be able to work through it and ditch the story about themselves. So shadow work is coming to terms with or identifying the parts of yourself that you're suppressing that you don't like. And it doesn't necessarily have to be emotions. It can just be anything that you hold shame around that you think society won't accept about you. And so you must cover it and you must keep that inside. And the shadow work is basically identifying it and facing off with it. Like I do a lot of mirror work with it where you literally look into your eyes at your shadow And you say that you accept yourself, you see yourself. And once you do that, you can start to explore it without judgment. And it's very linked to inner child. So the things that you were shamed for in childhood, maybe you were very out there and confident and always putting on a show and you were shamed for it and told that you're too much and to sit down. So you can have this story about yourself that it's all about me, I'm too much. And you can hold, that can be your shadow. Whereas to somebody else, they weren't shamed for that. And so that's not something that isn't acceptable. But Mm -hmm. to you, it is. So shadow work can be very, very personal. It doesn't have to be bad things at all necessarily, but to you, it is. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it definitely does. It definitely does. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, because it sounds really similar to like limiting beliefs. Would it be similar to something like that? Or 
Not so much because your shadow, like your limiting belief you've created because at some point in your life you created a story, right? So it's similar in that sense. Like, is it true? Like, it's not really a fact. So in that sense, it is, but it is, it is a part of you. There, that is something of that there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a part of your psyche. So you know, like your inner child's a part of your psyche, you know, your ego is a part Mm -hmm. of your psyche, so is your shadow. And you will always have a shadow. Yes, you can work through certain things. However, it will always be there. So if you've worked through one thing, there's gonna be something else. You can't can't have no shadow. Right. So shadow work is basically, if you wanna work on true self-acceptance, which has to come before self-love, shadow work is how to accept all of you, the bad parts. Mm-hmm. to love yourself even though you can be super jealous or you can be super controlling or you can think it's all about you or whatever it is that's your shadow right okay okay yeah I understand it much much better now thank you for clearing that up now you mentioned that you were in a toxic relationship or a bad relationship before you met Camille and all that um how did you heal from that I went in doing this work. I really did. So the first step to healing was, well, I started again in life. So I left that relationship and I'd actually been sacked from my job. That wasn't my dream job. That was literally the job I had before. I got sacked. I felt awful. I'd crashed my car. I broke up with my fiance. All in this same day, I did like literally got sacked and broke up with my fiance. So it was all a bit traumatic. And then I moved back in with my mom and I was just sitting there like, what next? like what to do and that's kind of where my healing started because I was like actually this is a great opportunity I get an entire fresh start like I get the opportunity to start again and that's when I booked the retreat sitting there depressed scrolling on Instagram on the sofa after my breakup in a blanket um not very glamorous (laughs) but it began then and then I went on the retreat and then I just was like I'm just gonna take like a break like I'm not gonna date for the sake of it I'm not even gonna date and I'm just gonna focus on me and my healing and everything that I love to do and I'm gonna create a vision for my life that doesn't involve another and then if somebody walks in great but I just really focused on my healing work which is all the work we're talking about my shadow my inner child all of it but what made you like realize that that relationship wasn't right for you a lot of things we were so the wedding was booked and I knew I knew I shouldn't have been doing it but again I wouldn't I wouldn't face off with that I wouldn't acknowledge that because to me it was like society's boxes that you have to tick right you go you Mm. need to get this job you get married and all of a sudden I'm I'm doing all the things in the right order that I didn't think I'd do so I was like oh I'm successful like I'm doing I'm doing it because for a long time I had this belief that I would never get those things I don't know why I just thought a lot of people have this a lot of clients create this belief that they're not going to be able to do all those things there's something wrong with them they're different they're unworthy and I had that story and so when I when I got the opportunity I just was like oh finally safety security my life is planned out I can relax but it wasn't right it was not right at all. It was very toxic. I was acting out from a wounded space. He was acting out from a wounded space. Um, and it was very volatile. There was a lot 
of inconsistency. He would say he was going to leave. I would beg for him to stay. It, it just got out of hand. And in the end, he did it so many times. I was like, each time you do this, I care a little less. Mm. And I realised like that the wedding was a big mistake. Um, but it was in Ibiza, like we live in the UK, a lot of people had booked. It was a very scary thing to do. But I really had to, um, yeah, let go of what other people think and just do me. Uh, so I suppose my healing journey began when I said that because I was like, people have paid for the hotel, people have done this, and I had to let it go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I had a very toxic, about six week relationship. But what I found the most crazy about that relationship was how much I changed. You know, I was doing things that I would never see myself doing, you know, like same, same thing as you, like begging someone to stay. I've never, ever done that. Like, and I've always been, you know, wearing the pants in the relationship, this relationship, I was not like that at all. I was the most, um, I was very codependent. Like I was, it almost changed my personality completely. And obviously thanks to friends and family, they helped me realize that before I got down a really bad hole. But why do you think that happens in relationships sometimes where people just start acting completely out of character? I think there's a lot with a power dynamic and what's different, like I'm in a relationship now, which is completely different, but it's always a power dynamic of one person trying to have power over the other. So I was the same, like in all my relationships, I'd always been one foot out the door, like not as invested as the other person. I'd never let my heart fully open, even though I'd been in like two long-term relationships before that. And then with this one, it's like he got power over me. And all of a sudden I was like doing everything to, yeah, to please him And like you said, like change my personality, suppress parts of myself. It was just quite manipulative. Um, So it was a slow, yeah, slow burning, I suppose. I didn't notice. But when I look back as to why I got stuck in that dynamic, it's because of deep self-worth issues. Mm. Not believing that I was worth more. Limiting beliefs and patterns in my family about the way things end and you know, I had this thing that somebody has to do something really bad for you to leave. And in all my relationships, instead of leaving at the point where I just wanted to, because it wasn't serving me, I waited for really bad things to happen. And so again, like the same situation happened. It's like, I I should have left sooner. I didn't have the courage, the confidence. I didn't feel good enough to go and meet somebody else. And I felt like I just had to make this work. And so I stayed until it got so toxic that the only thing to do was to break up. And I know Mm. a lot of people, a lot of clients do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it will resonate with a lot of people. I do want to talk about your post-it and all of your affirmations because I love when you post about that. So can you tell us a little bit more about like what's the psychology behind it and how that helped you on your self-love journey what the affirmations Mm -hmm. so I do I love to do my affirmations as like mirror work I feel it's like a lot more powerful because you know you can write them down all you like and that's great but 
you can't lie to yourself when you're staring into your eyes, when you're staring into your soul. And so when you read out the affirmations in the mirror, you can find which ones you still need to work on, which ones you don't truly believe. And I literally cried in the mirror the other day because I hadn't done it for a little while. And I realized there was some stuff like behind the scenes. I thought I was all okay. And I realized there was some stuff there. And so I think it's so beautiful in that sense. But in terms of like the psychology, the, the way of which I write affirmations is to understand my vision, understand all of the limiting beliefs, the things that I, are in my way, the things I believe that are in my way, and then to write the affirmations to counteract the limiting beliefs. And then obviously the mirror work and the to looking into your soul is a great way to reprogram. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think like, oh, well, I don't believe that. So what's the, what's even the point of doing it? So what would you like answer to that? It's exactly true. I would, I say to clients all the time, like the, I had this conversation with a client not long ago this morning, but all the affirmations in the world are not going to help if you still have got this belief there. So the true work, which you kind of need to work with a coach or a healer or somebody to work through is what is this belief? Where does it come from? And go and heal at the core of your struggle. At the same time, you can work to program in this new belief. However, if you don't address where that came from and break through it, then you can put all the affirmations, all the self-love over on top of it, and that wound is still in there. So like with my work, I go to what is it? Is it that you're incapable? Is it that you're unworthy? You know, like what is that core belief underneath all of all of them? It's generally like two or three of the, the same beliefs, the same like core beliefs are under all the others. And then it's like, well, where did that come from? And then going and doing the inner child work is normally always childhood and going and healing and reparenting your inner child and at the same time taking action. So you're getting to the core of it all. Where does this belief come from? So you can see that it is not true. It's not a fact. It's a story that you created from childhood or from some trauma or something. And realizing that actually it's, is this even your fear? Is this just your little girl's fear? Then the next thing is that obviously what do you want to believe instead? But I don't believe that yet. So how can you make yourself feel like this is your new truth, this new belief by taking action to get there? So um, my client this morning, hers was about becoming an independent, uh, committed woman. And that's what she wants to believe because her inner child believes that she can't take care of herself and that she needs others and that she doesn't stick to anything. So she can start to take action to show that she is an independent, committed woman by one task I do is creating a small ritual that you do every single day for seven days, seven day challenge. I'm going to do this every single day. At the end of the seven days, you can say, I'm consistent. I've done this consistently for seven days. And you start to build up evidence against why your belief is not true and why this new belief is true. So you start stepping into the woman that you want to be. So if it's like, again, like you can give up if you're drinking a Diet Coke every day, give up the Diet Coke, you know, don't start with the big thing. If it's alcohol you want to give up and it's your biggest dilemma right now and you're struggling, you know, you're going to try and do that and you're going to feel like you're going to flop, you know, but start with the smaller things. And then once you start to build this belief that you are consistent or that you are capable or whatever it is for you, it's gonna, you're gonna be able to work on the bigger things. So, you know, if you do not believe, another example is if you're trying to say that you love your body and you do not, you really need to do the deep self-worth work 
on where that came from, that body shame, and work on self-acceptance before self-love. So work on with your affirmation. Instead of saying, I love my body, you can say, I'm learning to love my body. And then again, action. This is a key point. Every day, taking action. If, if I was learning to love my body, how would I do that? I would spend five minutes rubbing my moisturizer into my naked body and looking at it. You know, like I, I will start to do these small little things so that I'm coming at this from three ways. So saying the new affirmation, healing where it came from, probably the inner child and taking action to make myself feel I'm stepping into whatever this new affirmation is. That makes like complete sense. And I think like it's so important because a lot of people forget the action part. Yeah, yeah for sure. that's just it. I know e- even for me, Camille's doing a little self-love experiment right now. What we do during this is every day we're supposed to post a no filter um, compliment of ourselves. Okay. And oh, I did mine yesterday and I was, Camille and I were talking about it last night. Like I, I thought I was doing okay. Like when it came to the whole confidence thing, but then, you know, trying to t- actually tell myself a compliment, like that was hard. Like my voice cracked near the end of the video. I was like, uh, maybe this is something that I should probably put a little bit more time into working on. But yeah, it's crazy how like your self affirmations can really tell you a lot about yourself and like the aspects that you still need to work on. Yeah. Now we found this topic on your Instagram page. How important do you think uh, it is to be in sync with your body and your period? Yeah, so I started this work about a year ago, just under a year ago, and it all came about because I didn't have a period for about five years, and I'd always wanted children, and it just terrified me, and so when I started to get them back again, I was like, it's really important for me to connect with my body and start to listen to the messages that it sends. So the holistic healing work is about emotions are stored in your body, you know, suppressed trauma is all stored in your body and your body will give you messages through pains, through rashes, through your period, how regular it is, how heavy it is. And a big part of me understanding myself and what's really going on is to yeah connect with my body and my period is a massive part of that. So if my period is inconsistent, still what is inconsistent or not quite right in my life, you know, if my period's really heavy and painful, we are told that that's just the way it is sometimes and it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've got really I've got really into this now. Again as well, another really important part of it for me is connecting with my feminine energy and mm-hmm. The reason why I didn't have periods, I believe, as well, as well as stress and trauma and things, was because I had a big disconnect from my feminine energy and I was very in my masculine. And so when a way to tap into your divine feminine energy is to understand your cycles and connect with your body. Oh, yeah, I love that. I feel like people don't talk about this enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is a bit of a personal question just for me, because I've I've always struggled with the period. And of course, the typical Western doctor told me, well, just get on birth control. It'll be fine. Not so much. <laughs> so how would you, like if someone needed advice about, you know, becoming more in sync with their period, with their body, what would you, what, what would that advice be? So if they were on birth control or wanted to come off birth control, do you mean? 
Um, no, just trying to become more in sync with their period and, you know, building, having a consistent period. Mm. Well, I think the first thing is that if your period's inconsistent, it's starting to look beyond what doctors will tell you. So sure, seek like medical advice. Like I was under a lot of different specialists. I saw so many, um, had so, so many tests, but they couldn't really work out what it was. But the mind-body connection is strong. So it again goes back to this inner work. So if your periods are inconsistent, take a look at your life, take a look at your emotions, are you holding on to anything from the past if you're not having a period? Are you, yes, yeah, suppressing anything? Are you fulfilled in life? You know, like what is going on with you? And how could your periods be like a sign? Like what could, just open the question. Like, what are you trying to tell me? I do a lot of womb meditations to connect with my womb. And this is what brought my periods back. I, people think I'm nuts. But by talking to my womb, I stopped shutting off from it and I started to develop a connection so if your periods are irregular or you've not got a healthy relationship with your periods have you got a healthy relationship with your womb do you hold any shame any sexual shame from your past you know all things like that and then starting to build this relationship through meditation yeah through talking in the meditation um the first time I few times I did that I couldn't get anything back and I would be on a, in a workshop with loads of people getting all these messages and that's when I realized just how disconnected I was so no wonder I wasn't having periods. Do you recommend like doing like yoni eggs and all of that? Yeah like I don't actually have a yoni egg but I'm all for the self-pleasure because again it's relationship to your yoni like I went on a yoni retreat as well I had a lot of like blocks yeah like blocks of in terms of connection and I didn't feel in terms of pleasure like I didn't feel so open about it and now I love to talk about it I think it's like again it's it's our birthright as women we have a clitoris which only job is to receive pleasure so you know why is this not why is this not more self like self-care almost mm. yeah yeah, for sure. So this this is a little bit off topic, but we are both self-help book gurus. So what books do you recommend? What books really influenced your life? What books do you recommend to your clients? So I think for holistic healing and to understand the mind-body-soul connection and the power that you have, it's an old book, but it's amazing. You Can Heal Your Life by mm. Louise Hay. Have you read it? No, no but it's in my to-read list. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, it's really, it's an easy to read book and it just gives you so much information and it's really like the framework for holistic healing. So it gives you an insight into it all. So that's amazing. That's one of my favorites. My ultimate favorite book ever is called Light is the New Black. Oh my God, yeah. You have, have it, yeah. Here. I'm supposed to read it this summer. <laughs> oh, you've not read it? Best no. ever. So it's um, about spiritual awakening and it's about coming out of the spiritual closet, which I feel so many people, you know, not all their friends are into this stuff, especially like uh, you guys age. Like when I was that age, I was the only one and you feel a bit weird for it. And actually when you just let yourself out, you have a whole new life opportunities. You'll make new friends that are into it. And it, yeah, she kind of speaks a lot about that. She speaks a lot about how you can turn your breakdowns into breakthroughs. And I read it when I was having a breakdown. So that was pretty helpful. 
there's tons of journaling in it so yeah it's a really like active book all about passion purpose and spirituality it's a lovely book and one more book which is really great that I forgot about and then I actually pulled out yesterday when I was like having a tidy out it's called The Inner Fix oh my god yes I just passed this book to Sarah recently and she loves it I forgot all about it yeah it's oh it's amazing I think like for early 20s and like mid-20s and all the stuff that's going on there, like relationships, alcohol, um, work, all of that stuff and like addictive tendencies and toxic behaviours and finding spiritual path. Again, like I think, yeah, that helped me years ago. It really did. I love reading so much. Yeah, That's amazing. And you talk about like spirituality. Uh, do you believe in like manifestation? Yeah, I love like manifestation has changed my life. So I... I think, yeah, I feel I manifest so much. I manifested my partner. He's my soulmate. I manifested my apartment that I live in the beach now. I manifested, yeah, like the most important things in my life. Like I turned from goal setting to manifestation and it all just feels a lot easier. That's amazing. And like, what is the technique? The technique. I think the important things are trust because when you're not trusting, you're controlling. And when you're controlling, you can't always get what you want. Like you can never control anything fully. So it's like trust and surrender are key points of it. You can still take the steps you take as if it was a goal, you know, break, break it down. What do you need to do? And then it's so important that you just trust and develop like really develop that connection with spirit with universe whatever you want to call it with your higher power and take that time out to to do that each day so that you can connect to your soul and yeah and really and really because it's easy to say people oh just trust but how do you trust yeah and that's how I do by connecting to the universe and knowing it's not just trust self-trust it's trust that the universe has my back and if this thing that I'm trying to manifest is really what's meant for me it will come to me in divine time and all I need to do is just stay focused just keep taking action and just trust it will come mm -hmm. and I feel like for me like a big thing about manifestation was learning that it's not because it doesn't happen exactly when I want it to it doesn't mean it won't happen at all exactly if it's not your I love that so much because again with the whole masculine energy I was I was always achieving because I was always setting goals but I was exhausted from relentlessly pursuing these goals to hit them bang on deadline and if things didn't go my way I'd be stressed out but manifestations really helped me to balance those energies to see like I don't always know what's best for me the amount of times we've we've thought someone or something or some job's best for us and in mm -hmm. hindsight we're like oh god that really was not best for me so it's like with manifestation it's like in the moment when you're not getting that thing it's remembering oh do you remember all those times when I thought this thing would be great for me oh maybe this is one of those times the universe knows what I really need mm. yeah I love that um I do have one kind of personal question you talk about that like you lost your dad and so I'm still like in that grieving process what helped you in that mm. journey allowing myself to feel all my emotions so mm -hmm. I didn't feel safe to feel all my emotions at points because it's a scary thing to do. And when I was so consumed by grief, I could do nothing. I remember lying on the sofa thinking I'll never be able to get up. 
crying mm. on the floor, you know, and they are that's the lows of grief. But it is a process, isn't it? You know, there's like seven steps or something. And I don't believe that you go through them in the right order. I believe they mm. pop up here, there and everywhere. Do I believe that you ever fully heal it and you ever fully like end the process no I think it's mm. you know if they're an important person in your life I can get randomly struck by grief you know mm. on a random day and I have to work out that that's what it is but for me it was releasing shame around the fact that I can still be grieving three years later on a random day and just owning it and just accepting it and just feeling it and I love to like again holistic healing but move emotions through my body so rather than sit and wallow in the emotion it's like if I feel angry I'll scream into a pillow I'll go out and I'll scream in my car I'll punch a pillow I will like literally just lose my shit and I'll just get that anger out if it's anger if it's sadness I will have no shame in crying my eyes around I will dance I'll put music on I will literally move them out of me I will shake and get tension out of me um, and that really helps me to not just say, oh, okay, I'm feeling really angry and sad and whatever it is resulting from the grief today. And I don't know what to do about it. That actually helps me to feel like once you express an emotion, you can release it quicker. I love that you said that because I feel like in our society, a lot of it is like, okay, well, you have like a couple of days, one week, maybe even a month to like deal with your issues and then that's it do as if like it never happened and keep going on right but it's not really like that yeah exactly if you don't allow yourself to feel everything that comes with the grief again emotions are in the body and they're suppressed down there so at the time if you don't feel them or you don't even finish feeling them because you feel like I should be better by now it's been two years it's been four years whatever I should be better they don't go away you might convince yourself on a day-to-day -day basis they're gone but they're in your body and they will manifest as dis-ease mm. you know they'll manifest in you no know, periods they will manifest in back pain that is unexplainable they will, it will they're toxic for the body no emotion is toxic but when it's suppressed and you don't give yourself permission to feel and release it it becomes toxic so yeah it's like admitting to yourself that this is arising and being okay with that which is hard yeah thank you like I love everything you just said <laughs> yeah so do you have a mantra or any mantras that you follow that you know kind of gets you hyped up but also gets you focused type of thing um, well, my Instagram handle is feel the fear, do the thing. And that's kind of like my life mantra, I suppose, because I was held back by fear for so long, waiting to, for it to go to do something, whether that be have a scary conversation and be vulnerable, whether that be leave my job and follow my soul calling, whether that be leave the relationship. And I realized that the fear will always be there. You just have to feel it and do the thing anyway. And on the other side of that is confidence the life you're waiting for your happiness your joy and so yeah that I would say that's kind of like my life mantra that's yeah changed everything amazing that's amazing thank you so much for talking with us it was such a beautiful conversation thank you ladies thanks so much for having me it's been fun so you can find me at feel the fear do the thing it's my handle under katie empowerment queen that's where I'll be thanks again thanks girls bye